Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online they continue to get it done. It's the number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. From the UFC, MMA, baseball coming up, pro and college hoops, it's all there, man. The latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Hey, with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. All you have to do is head on over to the website, that's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V to get your rewards today. Betonline.ag. Bet online where the game starts. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. We are off of an epic, amazing Super Bowl game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. And you know what it gives us time to do during the game, leading up to the game, and especially now, to look back at those most intriguing storylines in every NFL season. They all go beyond the box scores and the stat lines, right? Rookies breaking through, veterans chasing the last ring. It's all there as today's sports journalists tell compelling stories about the people under the headsets and helmets. St. Bonaventure University's online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism trains students to tell stories in an increasingly digital environment. Aspiring NFL reporters and broadcasters learn how to podcast, tell stories on social media, and identify future opportunities for audience growth. These lessons can be completed around your schedule thanks to a 100% online format. SBU is the official education partner of the Buffalo Bills and has an extensive alumni network, including yours truly. U.S. News and World Report further confirms their academic excellence by placing SBU 20th in its ranking of regional universities in the North Region. Learn more about how St. Bonaventure can open doors to sports reporting careers at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by your great friends over at Burn Dairy, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, Camillus Golf Club, Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, and Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. How about it? Let's do the Super Bowl recap. Eagles and Chiefs and just was an unbelievable game. Um going to kind of go backwards to 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 forwards here. Um you know, with this recap and, and kind of go all over the place in between. F- first things first, obviously uh, a lot of people um are upset about the you know, the holding penalty um, late in the game that basically allowed the Eagles to kind of milk the clock, um, you know, get it all the way down, kick the game-winning field goal, and and that's that, right? Um, I I had a problem with the call when when it was, and I'm not talking about the last one of the last plays of the game or a crucial play. Um, I'm not talking about any of that. 
I'm talking about the sequence of the actual play. Not how late it was in terms of the game or the importance of the play or you know where we were score-wise, all that stuff inside the game. Not, not talking about that. I'm talking about I had a problem in the sequence of where it was called. I feel like, to make an analogy, I feel like this is a similar call in basketball when, you know, the player, let's say, driving to the basket, it's late, you know, last 20, 30 seconds of a game, maybe even under that, player goes up, gets fouled as the ball's getting released, but the ball's already up. You can almost count one, two, and then they blow the whistle from the foul that happened earlier, you know, before or during when the ball went out of the guy's hands or the gal's hands. So <clears throat> that that is what this appeared to be for me. I've seen it a few times. Um, James Bradbury in the postgame admitted that he did hold him. Um, <clears throat> you know, take it for what, for what it's worth, obviously. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think that what, where I was really upset was the simple fact that, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster was held, I can't remember which one came first, but he was held twice before the actual call was made, right? I mean, he was, Bradbury had him <clears throat> with a real yank of the jersey and with a hold of the arm. I can't remember which order that was, but there were two blatant holes right there. And then finally, that third sort of, you know, kind of grab and tug was when the refs actually called the penalty, right? They actually called it at that moment. And I thought, hey, maybe in the beginning of that would have been a little bit better. Having said that, we're dealing with a very, very short window of time. I mean, you know, to make decisions and officiate, and I can't imagine the pressure and how difficult it is you know, to do that, you know, on the biggest stage. And, uh, you know, I thought the referees, I, I, I thought it was the right call. I just thought it was kind of a little bit late in the sequence of it. And that's where I didn't like it. That, that was my area. I would have called it initially. Um, but here we are. Do I think the penalty had any bearing in the outcome? Well, look, obviously it had a little bit of one because the only thing that wasn't uh, a possibility right, was the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, being able to take the ball down and match match the Chiefs, right? And I think if that penalty wasn't called, actually, Smith-Schuster maybe makes that catch and he's gone, right? But <clears throat> did I do I think it had the absolute, I mean, listen, it's a tough way to lose, but do I think that it had the number one no question bearing on this football game? No, I don't. Um, you know, I think when fans blame refs, I think it's very, very, very much the case where it's, well, we would have won if they didn't blow this call, if they didn't blow that call. <clears throat> Nick Sirianni, and I'm paraphrasing, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, he really said it great. He had a he had an awesome post game. And he said, look, you know, calls are made in a matter of, you know, a second or two. Again, I'm paraphrasing. And there are so many things that go into a football game that you can't just pinpoint one call that goes against you. Well, hey, he's right. In other words, the Eagles were up 24 to 10 at the half. Clearly the better team. They had Patrick Mahomes hobbling like crazy. Mahomes 
clearly re-injured that high ankle sprain. You know, can't wait to find out what they did to him at halftime and obviously before that in, in terms of getting ready for this game and frankly, for that matter, the AFC title game. But you could clearly see he was bothered by it. I mean, he was hopping all over the place, trying to trying to find his, find his weight. Couldn't do so. And the Chiefs, they were down 14 in the second, you know, going into the second half. And then in the second quarter, excuse me, the second half, the Chiefs outscored Philadelphia 24 to 11. And listen, I know it's difficult as an Eagle fan to lose the game the way you did. When you go diving through the box score and you start looking at, okay, Eagles 25 to 21, first down advantage, right? Third down efficiency, they were 11 for 18. Four of eight for the Eagles, so or four of eight for the Chiefs. So the Eagles had a lot of opportunities. The Eagles ran 19 more plays than the Chiefs. They outgained them in total yards, 417 to 340. They had 10 drives compared to eight for the Chiefs. Passing yards were 302 to 182 in favor of Philadelphia. Rushing, for as bad as people said the the the, the, the ground game was for Philly, they still racked up 115 yards. Chiefs had 158. That was a big difference in the game, right? Red zone made attempts. Four for five Chiefs. That was a big one. Three for five Eagles. Chiefs got one more, right? Penalties, not many for either side. Three for, for 14 for the Chiefs. Six for 33 for the Eagles. That's what championship football teams do as well, by the way. They limit penalties and, and, and make you know smart decisions. Here's the category you can circle with the big highlighter. Turnovers, one. Philadelphia, zero for the Chiefs. Fumbles lost, one for the Eagles, zero for the Chiefs. And the defensive special teams TDs, one for the Chiefs, none for the Eagles. There's your category. Jalen Hurts lost the ball. Barton runs it back. Huge, huge play. Huge play. Time of possession, 34-40, excuse me, 35-47 to 24-13 for the Chiefs. The Eagles dominated time of possession. That is an 11 Minute, 33-second difference, right? So the Eagles and the team stats, yeah, they dominated in a lot of categories. They won a lot of categories. However, uh, cookie doesn't always crumble your way even when you do that. I remember a game way early in the year. The Bills did that to the Dolphins. The Bills manhandled Miami in every single statistical category. Third down efficiency, red zone offense, total offense, but lost the game, you know? Lost the game. Miami worked off the short field a couple of times. He had a couple of breaks. They forced Allen into some uh, jams. Won the game. A couple bounces their way. Ba-boom. They won the game. So this stuff does happen. So I wanted to get that out right away um, about the penalty. <clears throat> Again, thought it was a little soft where it was called in the sequence. Not where we were in the game. Not where we were with the score. None of that stuff. None of it. Kansas City scored on every single drive in the second half. And when Patrick Mahomes turned it on, now look, he didn't have a spectacular game. He won Super Bowl MVP uh, two different reasons. Number one, his second half was, he was nearly perfect in the second half. His overall numbers, 21 to 27, 182 through the air, three touchdowns. He had, you know, six carries for 44 yards on the ground. So he made up for, you know, quick math, 200 <clears throat> 14 for 26. He made up for 226 total yards of offense. No turnovers, by the way, where Hertz had the one biggie. 
But it was in the second half where Mahomes really, really, really buttered his bread. That big-time scramble, the incredible efficiency passing the football, again, nearly perfect there. And he went out and executed, and they scored on every drive. That was one reason why he won the MVP. The other reason was because Philadelphia obviously lost, right? Philadelphia wins this game, and Jalen Hurts gets the MVP, and Jalen Hurts was unbelievable in this football game. Other than that fumble, it was one play. Teammates won't get on you for that. You know, maybe if it's three or four of those, but it was just one, and the Eagles, again, were there to try and win the game even so. But he had 374 yards of total offense with four touchdowns from scrimmage, one throwing and three rushing. He was outstanding, <clears throat> and he was distributing the ball to Devontae Smith, seven catches, 100 yards. Uh, A.J. Brown was great, too, six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dallas Goddard got in the action, six for 60. Gainwell, four for 20, right? Uh, and then just kind of hit and miss stuff here and there. Hertz was great. And, you know, the throw he made to A.J. Brown was fantastic. Uh, I mean, you can, <laughs> you cannot throw a ball any more perfect behind the defender where they had two guys. I mean, they had, they had you know, some help there, right? They really did. Um, and it was not only a great throw, but it was topped by the, the, the unbelievable, they say it was equally matched by the route. I would say it was upped by the, the route. What a spectacular job by AJ Brown, you know, to get that football, you know, adjust, kind of go up a little bit in front and then sneak back and then a little bit over to the corner there and then put his hands out a remarkable, remarkable touchdown catch. And adjustment to the ball by A.J. Brown to put Philadelphia up 14-7. And by the way, both of these teams came out <clears throat> like they were rip-roaring ready to go, right? Sometimes when you get two weeks rest, you go into the Super Bowl, you get the jitters, the butterflies, you haven't played in a long time as well. That doesn't help anything. Sometimes when you have long, long layoffs, it doesn't actually help you in any sport. I don't care what sport it is. I'm living it right now as a Buffalo Sabres fan as I'm as I'm recording this. Sabres, they go into the, to the bye week, right? And they play Carolina. They got absolutely... Pounded on a Wednesday night. I remember TNT. There were only two games. They got smoked at home. You're like, okay, they're still in the thick of it. They still have games at hand. Okay, they get the bye week. Go get some rest. You guys need some rest. They get all this rest. They get minimal practice time, right? The team gets some breaks. The team's at home probably getting rest and all that, although probably some of the guys got together and partied too. But you get the point. You're home. You're doing your thing. You're resting. You get all that time off. At some point, you shut her down. You get two, three days, right? You get practice. Oh, wow, this time's going to be great. They come out a blazing in the first period against Calgary. Then Calgary scores seven unanswered goals. They beat them. Then the Sabres head on the road where they're way better than at home. They beat really good teams on the road. I don't know, figure it out. They go on the road, get smoked by the Kings this past Monday night. All right, and, and as I record this, obviously we'll see what happens in the rest of the trip. But what did the rest do for the Sabres? Absolutely nothing. Both of these teams were coming out guns a-blazing. I mean, that first drive, boom, 11 plays, 75 yards, 451 time for the Eagles. They march right down. <clears throat> looked unbelievable. Jalen Hurts looked like freaking Superman. Then the Chiefs get it back. Six plays, 75 yards, 312. Travis Kelsey, 18-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes, 7-7. And then Eagles score, as I just mentioned, with the A.J. Brown catch. Then it was the Nick Bolton fumble return, where I thought the Eagles were kind of like, okay, we're up 14-7. The offense is moving like a locomotive. If they take it down one more time, whoop. But the Chiefs got the defensive touchdown to bring it back to a tie game. If they didn't get that, and the Eagles maybe scored one more in the second quarter, it might have been too much for the Kansas City Chiefs to come back from. It might have been. Because at that particular point, we're looking at a 28-7-ish to -ish halftime score. Right? Ish. Or 
10. Right? Another drive for the Eagles, 12 plays, 75 yards. Jalen Hurts, four-yard run, and then Jake Elliott with a field goal, 24-14. Then the Chiefs come out, guns a-blazing. First drive, Mahomes, bing, bang, 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 bang. Pacheco, what a rookie year he had. 10 plays, 75 yards, over 530. It's 24-21. Then another field goal for Philly. Then Casey takes the lead. Nine plays, 75 yards, 441. Boy, did the Chiefs have a lot of those drives in the second half where they were just like, I mean, just a machine, right? They get it back. They take the lead, right? Three play, uh, three plays, five yards, short field, 49 seconds, 35-27. Jalen Hurts takes him down. Eight plays, 75 yards, 407. Now we're into epic proportions, right? They get the two-point conversion with the Jalen Hurts run. And now we're in epic Super Bowl time, right? You're starting to compare this one with Giants-Bills, Super Bowl 25. You're going to compare it to Rams-Titans in 99. You're going to, you know, you're going to compare it to some epic ones, right? Patriots-Rams way back when it started for Brady and Belichick. And then KC, again, they get the ball back. They go 12 plays, 66 yards, and 507. Milk the clock down. They get the penalty call. They kick it, and they win it. Great game. Phenomenal game. Absolutely tremendous. The back and forth, the drama. It's what you want in a Super Bowl. And I know I have a lot of friends who are Eagle fans. Every single one of them says, really hard way to lose. Let them play. Greg Olson certainly was very animated about it. Again, I am in agreement if they the ref had called it earlier in the sequence. And I know that it's easier said than done with the amount of time you have. Final thoughts coming up on Super Bowl 57. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter brought to you by our good friends at Stanley Law Offices, Ken's Auto Detailing, and the Allen Angus Pub before and after all the big events in central New York. If you're in and around the area, go grab the best darn Angus burger at the Al and Angus Pub, allenanguspub.com, Harrison Street in Syracuse. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, rate, and review. So a couple of final thoughts here <clears throat> on the game. Patrick Mahomes, ridiculous. Uh, his his resume is, is just, it's crazy. Um, he's 27 years old currently. All right, he'll turn 28 a couple games into this next NFL season. He's already a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's a two-time most valuable player in the regular season. He's got a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown season in the NFL. He's an Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro, <clears throat> two-time passing leader, right? Excuse me, NFL passing leader, and then a two-time NFL passing touchdowns leader. Um, he's already got NFL records, you know, piling up. Passing touchdowns in a single season. A postseason, excuse me, with 11 total yards by a quarterback in a season, 5,614 yards. That was this past year. Career playoff passer rating, minimum 150. Attempts, 107.4 in a career passer rating. Minimum 115, uh, excuse me, 1,500 attempts in the regular season at 
he's an absolute marvel. <clears throat> he's a marvel. I don't know. I would have to put together, you know, I've heard this around a lot. Like Dan, Dan Patrick really hit that, this question. Uh, you know, is Patrick Mahomes already a top 10 quarterback? I'm not going to say he is right now because that would be disrespect to all the elite quarterbacks who have played in the past. And I think we get caught in the moment with that stuff. And I think people forget just how many elite quarterbacks there are. That's why when I tell people, hey, the recent performances in the postseason for Aaron Rodgers, I, I've got him outside the top 10 and people cannot believe that. I'm like, do you people realize how many elite, unbelievable quarterbacks we've had in the history of the game? Going back to Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, and Bart Starr. And don't tell me that those guys don't matter. Oh, the modern game, what would they do? They'd be great in the modern game. <clears throat> the elite of the sport, the historical, impactful, generational players, the elite of the elite are great in any era. It does not matter. You think those guys wouldn't benefit today from all the friggin' rules? You bet your ass they would. How about Johnny Unitas at the pre-snap, right, knowing full well that a lot of those defenders can't hit me or they're going to get a penalty? Yeah, well, guess what? Johnny Unitas got drilled. Otto Graham got drilled. Bart Starr got drilled, okay? Then you move into the Terry Bradshaw, Roger Staubach, Fran Tarkenton, Dan Fouts, man, Joe Montana, Dan, Dan Marino, you know, Steve Young, Tom Brady, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Jim Kelly, you know, all the elite quarterbacks that we've had in the history of the game. You know, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. So there are a lot of them out there. Mahomes is absolutely in the conversation. If he's not already in the top 10, he's not that far away. He very well could be in the top 10. I just would need to dive in and do more research. But you look at those numbers, you look at those uh, <clears throat> things that he's won. <clears throat> Again, the championships and all the rest. Andy Reid coming out of this thing. Um, you know, it's funny, you hear Eagle fans like, oh, well, it took him years to screw up in Philly to go into and, you know, get, get Patrick Mahomes dropped in his lap and all that. And, and that's fine. I, I realize that Eagle fans are going to go down that direction. You know, because Andy Reid's also been there since 2013, and he didn't win anything since Patrick Mahomes. But guess what? Bill Walsh couldn't have had, won anything without Joe Montana. And, and Chuck Knoll couldn't have won without Terry Bradshaw. And Tom Brady uh, helped Bill Belichick an awful lot, too. And you know what? It goes both ways. Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman, on and on it goes. Elite head coaches, elite Hall of Fame head coaches have elite Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That's how it's always gone, and that's how it always will be. There are rare occasions where you have a Brad Johnson or a Trent Dilfer or, you know, Jeff Hostetler or whatever the case may be, win a Super Bowl. Okay, that's nice. But mostly it's those aforementioned names I, I, I gave you, right? And now Andy Reid at age 64, he turns uh, 65, he doesn't turn 65 for, uh, well, as I record this for another month and change or so, right? March 19th, he'll be 65 going into the next season. He says he's in really good health, and boy, I'll tell you what, uh, 65 years old, uh, people are asking how much longer is he going to coach? How much longer are these guys going to be around? I think Andy Reid will coach, can coach for another five to six, five to seven years. I think that's the wheelhouse for him. And I think in that five to seven years, I am marking down that the Chiefs go back to at least two Super Bowls. I think they win a minimum of one more Super Bowl. That's where the Tom Brady Belichick stuff is crazy <clears throat> when you think about it. Because if the Chiefs go back to two Super Bowls, that will be going to five. And if they win one more, that'll be three. That'll be three out of five. That's 60%. That ain't, that ain't horrible. Most... If you're a fan and you go to five Super Bowls and win three and you don't take that, you're crazy. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. All I want is one. And I probably will want two after that. But you get the point. Um, so there we go. You know, Andy Reid, five to seven more years. That's my prediction with Patrick Mahomes. Again, I think it's two Super Bowls reach minimum, one, one minimum. Could be more than that. 
Um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, I, I had these guys, I think, going into this year kind of saying that they'd win, you know, two or three more. Um, I, I think that they very well could win two or three more. Uh, we'll see what happens. The AFC lo is loaded. But, again, it was loaded this past year, and they traded the most dangerous weapon in all of the NFL and Tyree Kill, and they went and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> As far as the Philadelphia Eagles, you got a lot to be proud of if you're an Eagle fan. Uh, I know you lost the game. I know it was a hard way to lose a game, but a lot to be proud of. you got a bright future with Jalen Hurts, with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith. Uh, they've got some defensive players, wreckers, and all the rest. However, that defense got torched, and if I'm Howie Roseman in the draft, I am going straight for defensive players. I'm going for assuring uh, up my secondary, which had a bad tackling game. Uh, you know, you, you, you like the guys like Javon Hargrave. You like uh, James Bradbury. I know he had the holding, but He's a good player. Um, you know, you like Fletcher Cox. Obviously, you like some of the youngsters who should be back, the Jordan Davises and company. Um, you know, and obviously Hassan Reddick is a beast, but they got to go into the into the draft and get some defensive players, probably shore up a little bit there. Um, you know, and and it's going to be a tough sledding offseason for the Eagles, right, because you don't know. I mean, they might lose both, both coordinators to jobs. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, when you're up at the top, um, people are going to take from you. They're going to copy from you. And, and that's why it's so hard to win in the NFL, right? Because every season takes on a life of its own. But congratulations to both teams. Really unbelievable seasons for both. And the Kansas City Chiefs are right now the trademark franchise everybody is chasing. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter here on the Believe Podcast Network, all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and more. We are brought to you by our great friends over at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Make sure you stop by for the chicken nuggets, the uh, tenders, and all the rest. And, of course, you can apply for a job. They are here to serve, and uh, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to work at Chick-fil-A as well. Chicken travels well. Leave the cooking to Chick-fil-A. The fries, the mac and cheese, the unbelievable homemade salads. They got great desserts like their amazing milkshakes and cookies as well. Hey, stop in for breakfast. The breakfast bowls are to die for, as well as the breakfast sandwiches. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And I do want to thank the friends of the platform as well, the Swan and Whitaker families, the Alonzo family, Bob Lindsley, and Daryl Abert. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and presented in part by Bet Online. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.